0: That's correct, Jack. Well, Jack, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to this
1: interview. Uh, it's great to talk about past experiences and uh and some you know just to ha- let people take care of themselves and but I'm here I'm here
0: and ready to talk. Thank you. Sure, What uh, I wanted to do Jack
1: is uh is instead of going you know from now and go backwards. I think it's go just transcend on how it was before and what got us this point because it's it's important to see that you know a lot of people during the coming of years thought that that was the worst time, and then when I was uh, working the Ariano Phoenix, when the Catholic Cardinal uh, was killed and then the uh, the presidential candidate Colosi was killed, then I thought that was the worst. And then uh when I was uh, assigned from San Diego and I got transferred to uh you know to um Laredo for five years, uh the Setas the and, and the uh the um the cartel, you know, the setas and how, how they developed and they proliferated, you know, throughout Mexico. And I thought that was the worst time. And I think that now the worst time, you know, is right now. And I just wanted to go over just a little bit on, on how it was before. And and where we're where we're at right now, is that okay? Okay. Uh, first, um, I just wanted uh, to go over that. Uh, I have uh, when I I was a support staff in 1984 with the FBI uh, during the time when Camarena was was killed, and then um, and uh, and I've and I've was able to work. I have the uh, unique opportunity. Uh, to work in two sides of the border. I was in San assigned to the San Diego office, actually for um, you know, for uh, ten years. Uh, during that time, I was also assigned to Guadalajara for two years, and then I was also um, liaison officer while I was in San Diego, and then uh, I tr- I was transferred in two thousand four to two thousand nine on the other side of the border and, and working uh, uh in Laredo for uh for five years, and most of my experience there was. Uh, was mostly not, uh anti narcotics and also uh anti kidnappings and extortions. Uh and then I, I later on I went to Houston, worked at Intel and worked for drug cases and then I was assigned later to um you know to Guadalajara on my second uh tour. Uh so I just want to give you an example of how that when uh Jack was talking about the the, uh, the Federation and, and Caro Quintero and how, how much the, the federal police and the military, how they garnered uh, so much respect among drug traffickers, and it was their word. They basically uh, were, were part of the cog of the wheel of the Mexican government where they actually ran, and they, they controlled the, the, the drug trafficking scheme in, in those years. And in those years, you would have three, uh, three pillars of uh, one of the religion, politics, and, and, and the cartels. And all, all three were working hand in hand. And I say that because uh, how how a politician like the Serena de Gortari and Juan the pre, uh the, the religion, uh, whether it's the archbishop, some of these people actually would. At that time, it was Onésimo Cepela, who, who died just uh, the last couple of years. He was a bishop in Mexico City. He actually grew up with Carlos Slim. And he was one of the people that gave a nod uh, to uh, which... Uh, Politician was going to get the nod for the PRI. And it was the PRI actually controlled all sectors of, of the economy and they controlled the, the, the flow of drugs. They were decision makers on, on how things were, were run. And uh, and we always uh, looked at this as you know, when we were fighting drug trafficking, uh, whether it was in San Diego or these other places, uh, the Mexicans pulled the strings. And we would always be the the U.S. would always be the squeaky wheel. Uh, when we would see that that things would get out of hand, we would always write reports, uh, you know, at the embassy and, and our and our government to put pressure, you know, on, um, on 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 the Mexican government to have somebody arrested. And and normally, what would happen is uh, you would see so much pressure uh, with our ambassador, with the president, and and then you would see. Uh, movement of an arrest of a of a couple and, and it would it would be miraculous. It normally would happen weeks before uh Mexican president would meet with the with the US president and and uh, and the violence yes there were, there was violence but it was controlled. It was almost similar to the, the Italian mob where where there were sanctioned hits and, and, and it was more in control. You know, although there was fighting between you know the different uh, the cartels, the Chapos and and the, the Sinaloa's but they would not mess with um, with family members. They would not mess with. Uh, uh, they would. They would have a certain respect, and uh, and they would have sanctuary cities like Guadalajara or that where where things would, would not happen. And and where actually the uh, the comandante of, of of a certain area actually would, would run the plaza, and he would dictate if someone somebody is offline, and they would they would have parameters, and, and the cartels would have to respect that. And if it didn't happen, then the drugs would be seized and people would be arrested. And, and normally, instead of killing someone, the cartel leaders would agree okay, has this guy arrested? And, uh, and the, the US uh, Mexican government, uh, you know, was, 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 you know, we thought there was so much violence. But at the same time, it, it was violence on the It was not spilling over to a lot of the, the general population. And it was mostly drug trafficking. Because they ran it, and it was a business and so and that 's the way it was you know back in the eighties until after um I would say the turning point or the paradigm shift uh, would actually be when uh when President Fox you know won the elections, and in two thousand in the two thousand he became the president, and during that same period in nine uh, eleven that's when you have the um you know the incident, you know with the twin towers, and then uh, the U.S. kind of sealed the border, and so a lot of a lot of the cartels decided, you know what? Uh, there's it's lucrative, it's more lucrative, uh, you know, for the cartels to be able to, um, you know, to move their drugs within Mexico and Europe, because they didn't want to get the exposure on the U.S. You know for these conspiracies, and so you would see more. Uh, cartels and and, uh, and that was at the same time in two thousand you know in two thousand one uh you know when the settas were uh were operating Cárdenas was was arrested i believe in two thousand three and uh but at the same time he was still running the cartel um but so so during during that time period the setas were were born and they actually the war started in, in monredo and and we thought things were going to get out of hand, and it was like the lion taking care of, of the uh, you know the castle and, and taking care of the emperor. But then you know the, the which were the, the lions, the setters, that ended up uh, wanting to run the show, Lascano and, and, the, and a lot of these people. So that was also you know significant uh, time, and and not only did the violence you know spread not just to the but it was it spread. Throughout uh, Mexico, and, and during that same time period, uh, you had about the same time. I believe uh, you know La Barbie did the first execution uh, on video, uh, and that was uh, in in Acapulco. And then you started seeing uh, who had the better video of, of people getting you know skinned alive, or burned alive, or being chopped up alive. Uh, and I believe that a lot of that uh, that thought process of uh, uh, of Of killing people and torturing people live, a lot of it came from uh the the uh the afghan the, the afghanistan uh you know war in iraq when uh when the muslims uh or the um, you know the, the the Muslim terrorists were actually beheading uh, Americans and other people that were then called they called them the infidels and i, I believe that a lot of the american uh, not the american the uh, the cartels uh started going after. Uh, a lot of these, um, you know, uh, the Mexican, uh, uh, you know, people that were, their, their, you know, they consider their their enemies, uh, and so these were significant times. You know, nine uh, the, eleven, the Fox presidency, and that was the uh, uh, the dissolve of the uh, of the of the PRI and the control of the PRI, and and unfortunately uh, during that same time period, and as as of right now, uh, you start seeing areas like were the Morena-controlled areas like Sinaloa, Nayarit, uh, Quintana Roo, uh, you know, Sinaloa. A lot of these places have, have uh, let's say, a, a PRI, uh, let's say a governor, or a, uh, a, a the city would be, let's say, a PAN. And, and you have a lot of the monies that the, normally the federal government gives to the states. Those, those uh, Morena governors are now... Shift, they're not spending the money. The money goes back to Mexico, to the Federation. And that money is given over to uh, the poor people for votes. And, and what happens? You have the governors now uh, uh, relying on the corruption and making alliances with the different cartels. And, and what's what the cause of this? You have a pretty governor taking money from, let's say, the Jalisco cartel. And then you have a mayor of that same state taking money you know, from, a, from another cartel. And then you have different cartels operating in different states, and, and that's what's created this, this cesspool of, of violence and, and this lack of control. And now you have almost the, uh, the maritime, you have the airports, and you have the borders being run by the military, whether it's the Marines, the military, and the guards that normally were civilian are now militarized. And so you would think that there will be less corruption, but there's more corruption. Because instead of compromising five, six different people, you coordinate coordinate with the general and the money is split between the governors. A lot of these uh, aliens or or immigrants that are coming over from Central America and other parts of the world, they're coming into Mexico and they're being uh, facilitated and aided uh, by the corrupt military at the airports and many of these people come in, uh, into the U.S. And, and And I believe that this is is a, is a is a significant problem and um you know shifting you know let's say back in with the federation and the way it is now and how how significant this is it's not just the cartel violence and it's not just the corruption the worst part is 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 if you know the, uh, the 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 arrest of general salvador Cienfuegos a couple of years ago also created uh, Maelstrom, uh, Maelstrom, of of, um, of of insecurity. Why? Because now you have uh, the, the, the SIU units. These are units that, that uh, operate under DEA's control that are the you know, former milit- uh, Mexican um, uh, law enforcement that are working uh, with DEA encountering the, the drug threat uh, and, and they're funded by, uh, partially funded by us and and so what's happening now is that you you don't have these people um you know that they're, they're 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 corrupt now i mean they're, they're, we don't have the SIU and we don't have those those um the airplanes that the DEA has and and now the DEA is limited uh, because they're not able to talk to their uh, to their sources like they used to and so now you see agents that are in the embassy reluctant to so these are because everything they do now, they got to report it. And you know that our uh, our our FBI and DEA and all, all our units are in Mexico.
0: There's no way that
1: we're going to divulge any sensitive information to the Mexican government uh, and and letting people know who we're talking to because it puts them and their lives in danger. And so we're caught, you know, between a, a rock and a hard hard spot. So so there's been some developments and I really believe now that, that the situation uh, with um, you know with our government uh, and our leverage in Mexico especially the uh, uh, the, initiative, the initiative that has also um, you know has also been, been uh, diminished uh, I don't believe that there's any ongoing classes right now. so you know these are things that, that uh, are developing and and I believe this is a very tenuous, this is a very dangerous time right now, and, and I do lose sleep sometimes in case there there is an issue where uh, an American is killed, a U.S. agent, or or some polit- politician is killed. Uh, what leverage do we have now in Mexico uh, for them to act on, on and act on something? Because we you know we we just don't have that much leverage. And on top of this, you know, well, I'm just talking to you about the you know what the transformation how things happen, but behind the scenes. You're seeing governments like China, uh, Russia, uh, the Iran, uh, and Middle Easterners uh, actually living in Mexico. Uh, I know that there, uh, a lot. The Iran, Iranian government, is funding a lot of mosques and, and monies uh, for the Muslims in Mexico. Uh, you know, we know that uh, that there's that there's uh, you know Russian companies and spies uh, working there now more than ever. Uh, the Chinese are trying to get leverage now in Mexico with the socialist government uh in Latin America the US has lost a lot of leverage in, uh in um Colombia, Argentina, Chile and a lot of these other countries China has a lot of leverage in Latin America. And Mexico is 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 our is our it's like an outpost. You know we we have to you know we have to have some influence there because you know we we losing uh, our our grip on uh, Latin America is really you know um, making us very
0: vulnerable and insecure. yes yes sir
1: okay first um rafael caro i was in Guadalajara, and and he was also um before he was released the first time i mean this last time first time he was um it was it was in puente grande uh, in guadalajara and he was released uh, and we had information that we reported, but it was incredulous to us that you know a, a, such a a significant drug who killed kill DEA agent that he would get released and I remember when he was released we were we were we were searching uh, practically uh to find them and we we just we just were unsuccessful and uh, and now uh, that you're asking me about you know that His his recent arrest. Now, keep in mind that that this is from very good sources, and and there's videos of him before he got arrested, like months, like six months before he got arrested, uh, that he was hiding, that he was hiding out in that same area when he was arrested. And and I know that the U.S. government was putting a lot of pressure months before his location and where he was, and there was verifiable information of where he was, and there were videos of him actually talking to. to some people, that we have videos of that, or the government does, and and uh, and the Mexican government would not respond to this information; they would not respond, and and I believe that that they did not. You know, he was at that time untouchable, and I, like I said before, uh, keep in mind that, uh, that a week before um, before Amlo uh, went to visit uh, you know, President Biden, at the White House, uh, there was a. Almost I believe a tonload of of um, fentanyl that was seized in Sinaloa, and then a uh, week or ten days after his visit with Orles, he was um, he, uh, with Biden. Uh, Rafael Caro was arrested, and, and like I said before, a lot of the a lot of these um, these incidents normally happen when a president visits uh, Mexico. There's a lot of. There's... Uh, there's information yeah. from different sources that uh, that the, the Civil along with politicians from the who are aiding uh, these cartels, uh, are targets now of U.S. investigations. And uh, and also, we have uh, Ambul's sons that we're interested in, and there's a lot of information uh, that they're involved in using with the drug traffickers. So, Ambul has, you know, under under a lot of pressure. I I believe that he was uh, talked to. I know that Biden did not uh, talk to him that much. He kind of it was a front to him because he did not support us in the in that uh, in that international media and the Americas uh, where where he would not actually come to, the, to this meeting unless Venezuela and Cuba were were also present. So, so that was like a black eye uh, that he embarrassed the, the U.S. And so, when he came to the U.S., they they basically laid the law to him, saying, "This we have this guy here. What are you going to do about it?" And so, uh, and and he was, I, I would say that it, it was a significant arrest, and, and I believe that some of the violence that's happening right now uh, is a result of his arrest. And I I really believe that some of these politicians are going to be targeted because there were some agreements and money, money's paid, uh, you know, uh, for this corruption to get for, for him to be operating with impunity. Uh, and so I really believe uh, based on talking to different people that there was there was talks with uh, with him in Washington uh with Kamala Harris and putting pressure on him that you know, days after the same day he was actually arrested, So so this was a cause of uh you know uh, as pressure and and some leverage that we had uh, on on
0: him and his parents administration. Jack, Jack, you know, uh, you know that um, Canado Garcia Luna, La
1: Barbie, and uh, many others that have been extradited to the U.S. Uh, a lot of these people, a lot of them give, are given information about corruption, you know, within the, the administrations of the PRI and the PAN, and now it's it's La Morena, and so uh, a lot of these, including um, Amlo, by extraditing. Rafael Caro and any of these high-level, significant traffickers. Uh, I don't think that the Mexican government uh, or, or this president uh, would want to extradite him because you would have uh, a, a lot of um, um, information or um, information about corruption at the highest levels. And, and that's what, what Chapo and uh, Rafael Caro could actually divulge. And I don't believe that uh, that Rafael Cotto would actually uh, get extradited. Imagine how much information he has on Web Bartlett and uh, and other people that uh, that were involved at that time. And, uh, and so I, I, uh, I would doubt it very much, but, you know, it's, it's not – it wouldn't be surprising to me if he does just because, you know, there, there could be some leverage still. Uh, I think every day we're getting less leverage based on um, – you know, that the that, that initiative is kind of silent right now. There's, there's not that many classes or monies uh, funding the Mexican government, uh, the SIU planes, uh, the monies that we paid for weapons and, and airplanes. Uh, I believe that that's uh, it's it's, just, it's almost, I can't say it's
0: non-existent, but it's, it's, compared to other years, it's, it's a lot less. Uh-huh. You know that uh, the, the situation,
1: you know, even though it happened so many years ago, and you ask yourself, why hasn't Fonseca, Felix Fayardo and Caro Quintero why had why haven't they talked or, or or given any uh response to the death of Caro? And and those they'll, they'll still deny that they actually were involved in it. And and I, I, I really believe that these uh these three Fonseca, Felix and Caro were just pawns, you know, in the grand scheme of things. And there's there's uh you know ex- like Manuel Bartlett and uh, a lot of the uh, you know the, the Salinas de Gortari and and a lot of the um, Hakamuko group uh, were involved you know in, in some of this and and so by 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 having these talk it's, it's like opening up another cat of worms and you could see uh, some of the white collar and and other politicians getting involved and, and they rather just keep the, uh, the sleeping dogs lie and I, and I believe, just like you just said, Ponce, Felix, and Gato, when they were in jail, they were they were getting certain benefits uh, while they were while they're still in there, and they will still get uh, some benefits. And they are families that are still outside, and the government will still have some has some leverage that if they talk or something happens, you know that they could be extradited or the families could be in danger. So this is you know we're looking at them as the as the, as the ringleaders. I, I really think that there's you know even during the Camarena so uh, case that, that these were just the the people that, that did it and executed the um, you know the work that the high level people wanted to do, and so um, I just don't see that that these people are talking. I don't believe that Cotto extradited because it's just too much baggage, and there's still too much fresh information on people that may be still in government uh, or or maybe business people that are still operating like slim like um other people like um, uh the Salinas and Cortari and,
0: and other people like that no I don't I don't think so Sure. Okay. Uh, I was in, um, in, in
1: 1998 to 2000, I was in, in Guadalajara. And I remember, you know, we know, we provided a lot of intelligence uh, when Osiel uh, killed Salvador, uh, one of his compadres. And then he was recruiting, actually, Setas Lascano and Arturo Guzmán de Sena. And so you know, we did, we were not aware that, that this was really going to get out of hand like like, like they did, uh, you know. Back, you know, to look at two thousand one, two thousand two, and two thousand three, and as you know, if you look at the background of, of the setas, these were uh, goffers, and, and Gothis are are the highly trained, uh, like they're our equivalent to our you know to our Navy SEALs, and so they, they Osiel oh, or Arturo Guzman de Senna, Met you know, Ocel and, and they were recruited by him, and so they became their, their henchmen uh, of the Gulf Cartel, and, and they enjoyed it. They were very effective, and and this whole this whole war started uh, when the Estas, uh, with the orders of Ocel Carlos Bien, uh, wanted to operate uh, in Nuevo in, in Laredo, and at that time it uh, Laredo was it was. Uh, Los Tejas, which was Arturo Martinez on one side, and um and the other side was, was um for the guy's name. and so but other group was divided in half. And so the centers ended up taking care of all the leads and and then they actually ended up running novel array. The leaders at that time was over Normendez de and they recruited the members of the, at that time, of the statehouse. And I don't know if some of you don't, don't ring really but just know that Mobile uh, that was very significant you know, to the cartel that was considered a crown jewel, more so than McAllen, uh, uh, the border of McAllen, uh, Piedras Negras, all that area. That Mobile Arena was, was the busiest um, uh, tractor trailer avenue, and there was a 35 corridor that. Takes you all the way to the you know to the East Coast and the Dallas and um, it was just very significant. You have the railroads and, and the crossings it was very significant. That was very was very was very important to the to the to the Setas and the Gulf Cartel. So you know during 2001, 2003, uh, all the way to 2008, uh, the Setas you know were, were actually running. You know all of all of the uh, Tamalipas but what, what was significant was was that La Barbie was 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 picked, you know, was fighting and um, and was, was fighting against the uh, the, and, and the and the, and the Gulf Cartel, because I, I remember at that time we were have, we were averaging about three to five kidnappings a week of American citizens. It's not, I mean, that's not even including the Mexican citizens that, citizens that were um, you know that were getting killed. And and we were we were interviewing a lot of these people and we were getting a, a lot of you know good intel on who these people were and what, what was the difference here was if, if someone that was that was operating and, and was was taking drugs from the centers to sell it in the U.S. US uh, normally if they lost the load they would actually have to pay it and if they didn't pay it that's when the kidnappings and they would kill them and if you did not pay the fees to the sector, they would actually kill you or even. Families. That's how brutal, and that's how that's how uh, credulous. You know how the violence you know, escalated from there. And so, you know, uh, the the, the Barbie uh, who who was fighting with, with the centers, with the assistance of Arturo Betran uh That's when the war started. You know, the war. You know, incremented, and the fighting and the and the, uh, the problems with Arturo Betran Leiva and Chapo started about that same time period because there was bickerings and there was a little animosity because Arturo Beltran was bringing his own men and people and he was funding uh, a lot of the wars. and Chapo didn't want to help him fund it, along with Mayo and Fabio was, was, was the people, the person that was doing it. And then you have Mochombo, his brother arrested in Guadalajara and he was arrested by Chapo being to, uh, to, the, to the Americans. And so that's what caused the war to ABL uh, and, and the uh, you know and, and the Sinaloa cartel and ABL joined forces, you know with um, you know with, with the with the uh, Gulf and the Zetas. And I remember there were some details about you know when the Barbie was fighting, and the Barbie actually killed one of his uh, uh, siblings. Uh, and, and I remember uh, you know, sources telling us that at the meeting, Arturo Beltran, Lombardi, and some of the other setas were present at this meeting. And uh, the looks and the terror what for uh La at that time it was pretty tense. Uh, but they they they, they coordinated their, their peace deal. And so and keep in mind that uh, you know that that, uh, that the Setas uh gained so much ground with ABL. Uh, already controlling Cuernavaca, controlling uh, Guerrero, uh, and even parts of Sinaloa, where Chapo also helping uh, ABL fighting the, the Sinaloa cartel in, in Sinaloa. So you see so many dynamics and these, these alliances between these different uh, you know, cartels. And, and the sectas, keep in mind, because I interviewed at least five or six sectas in jail because we were trying to identify uh, a lot of these missing people and where they were buried. And I remember talking to uh, Pitalua, uh, to Comandante Rex, uh, Comandante Mateo, and several other uh, um, uh, setas. And, and these people, uh, I remember talking to Lua in jail, and he was someone. Uh, I remember the two people I brought in there, their voice shake because it was, I felt the, the devil right in the room, and so much evil uh, I felt. And I even felt a little bit of just uh, nervousness and. Even problems talking to him at first, but I, I kind I of, gained by, uh, you know, my courage and, and I, you know, and I talked to him. But these people are, are cold-hearted criminals that just Vito Lua personally killed at least two hundred people personally, and indirectly killed thousands of people with his organization. on Hora Cuarenta. You saw the number of murders just these last the years when he was operating. It was just so brutal, and so they the census brought this view this this um uh the, you know military style um on how they ran the cartels and and they and they they, they used explosives they used uh, ieds uh they used grenades and and they were able to you know the, the the torture techniques you know were uh you know second to none and and they were very efficient on how they did things they were able to travel anywhere around the country. Uh, and how they did it was, if I was talking to some people how they did it, they would they would come in by buses or uh, or come in with their wives or girlfriends in two cities and rent a house and live there for you know months to gather the intelligence and then kidnap two or three people and find out who's who. And they would slowly um, compromise some of the, um, the, the military and the police and the politicians while they're there and the people that didn't, they would actually uh, kill them. And so they would actually control you know uh, cities and states uh very quickly and and uh, and they were no uh, the Sinaloa was no match for them and that's why they were able to um, to run and control so many different states in mexico and they brought that violence and even the videos of everything that was going on and to bring that on top is that when i was in guadalajara from 2011 uh, to 13 uh I left uh, Laredo, so I had a pretty good handle on what was going on. And we had information that Cuarenta, Lascano, and a lot of these people were already living in Zacatecas. And some of them were, were living in, in Tezistan, Tezistan, uh right uh, going towards, uh, what is it, uh, Zacatecas, uh, Mexico. And we would see them actually coming in, encroaching in Guadalajara, and they, they merged uh, in alignment uh, with... Uh, a group called La Resistencia, which is uh, um, uh, part of the of the uh, the setas, but they were actually from Guadalajara. And these people were fighting with the Cartel de Jalisco. And the, the Cartel de Jalisco at that time was a group of maybe 200 to 400 members. Now it's in the thousands. And they run over every state and they're international. So they they climbed so fast with such a short time uh, after uh, the arrest of Juarenta, the death of Lascano and uh the getting extradited, and most of the settlers getting killed or arrested um I don't see anything happening anytime soon uh to disrupt in mentionstru and there were rumors that menche was uh you know was very very sick and he was dying and that's not true uh we have contacts that seen him recently, and he's alive and well and he's uh he's, he's had a uh uh kidney transplant and he's uh and he's He's totally intact, and he's, he's in charge
0: of his organization. 100 <laughs> percent. You know, I, I travel
1: frequently. You know, to, um, to Guadalajara, to Mexico City. I even traveled to Reynosa a couple of times and um, Sonora. And it's it's not as as bad as it was, you know, in the past. But the the violence is, is still, you know, um, you know, Jalisco. If, if you go to La Quebrada, if you're traveling to Cancun, you know, things are, you know, are pretty bad, but. Americans are not the targets. Uh, it's not like you're in the Middle East and uh, they want to target Americans. Uh, America, they, they still respect Americans. They still don't want the, the unneeded attention uh, to uh, kidnap and kill an American. Uh, it's rare uh, where you see an American you know, getting kidnapped or killed. Uh, normally, you see an American get killed if he's at the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, where there's a shooting and, and uh, there was a straight bullet that killed someone. Uh, when there's Americans that are kidnapped, it's normally like I said because they, they, they believe at the wrong you know they happen to be at the wrong place at the wrong time and or else there are also people that may doing something wrong or associated with someone that's in a cartel uh, or they're uh, at a club and they're um, you know they're targets of, of someone that they say they have money. And they're, and, they're, and they're buying drugs themselves, and they're doing something they should not. But, but most, in most cases, Americans are not targets, and they're fairly safe. I recommend a lot of the Americans that are traveling uh, in, you know, to the border uh, you know, for the first time. If you don't have any family on the borders, uh, I would not um, encourage them to travel there because they're not experienced. They don't have anybody on the, on the borders that they can see that could help, because normally the people that travel on the border are people that live on the border and they drive the cars and the cartels normally know who's there, who's coming, who's going, and who should be there and who should not be there. And normally if you have families that live on, on one side of the border, normally they know who you are and they're not gonna touch you. The, the, the tourists that go to, uh, to Cancun, uh, they could travel to these different places, but I would normally, they travel at, at night um uh, you know my advice for people that are going over there is, is um, uh, you know carry uh, you know when you're traveling don't wear your Rolex know, watch, don't wear a gold chain uh, don't uh, you know, look like you have money just be you know normal if you're tourist in a to good time you know when you have your wallet you know takes take you know some cash in your pocket and take some cash in your wallet maybe have one credit card maybe have one form of ID. And, uh, and so, if somebody wants to take your wallet, give it to them. Don't fight it. You know, females, when you're you're probably let's say Mexico City or downtown, you know, wear comfortable shoes so that you can walk around, you know, uh, comfortably. If you have to run, run. Uh, when you carry, if you're carrying a purse. Carry your purse in front of you. You carry your wallet. Carry in front of you. If you, wallet, carry, uh, you. If you uh, are going to ATM, you know, find a place inside a mall. Or if you're going to take money out and you need somebody. Go with someone else somebody has your back, so when you're taking your wallet and you are leaving your when you're taking money out of a store you don't steal how much money you have try to have that money ready and, and available um, when else when you're giving your credit card out at restaurants you know make sure that that, that you, um, you you you're given your credit card, but make sure they don't take your credit card you know with you if you're going to a restaurant. I know a lot of people, when the weather's nice, you want to stay outside, stay inside. Because when you're outside, you're going to get harassed by some people, and it's easy for someone walking to take your wallet or your cell phone when you're not looking. And um, what else is uh, there? You know, trust, I always say that when you're at places, your head should be like a swivel. You know, you should be looking around. Uh, Don't be distracted. And um, you know, and if you're driving a vehicle inside a uh, uh, uh I would not valet park your car, I would par- park it myself. Why? Because somebody could place drugs in your car. And uh and at the same time they could find some information about you, you know, and while while they're looking inside inside your car. And when you're parking your car, park it uh, in, in a place that's lighted, maybe close to the elevator. because uh, you have to walk somewhere it gives the a chance to stop you in a dark un unlighted un- area. Uh, what else? It's uh you know try to don't talk about the, that much about you know cartel activity. You know uh, where they think you're, you're spying on some people. You know just be, be yourself. Be yourself. You know you don't have to talk about you know uh, oh I heard about the you or you know talk about the gossip about that. Let people hear you. Those are just a little bit of um, you know tidbits of, of what to do to safeguard security. Uh, but normally when you travel to Mexico. Uh, I, I, I I really believe in my heart. Americans are not targeted. Keep in mind I, uh, at least 50, 60 kidnappings uh, while I was in while I was in uh, in Laredo worked several anti-kidnappings in Guadalajara. And, and normally the Americans that were being kidnapped were people that lived there, they suspected them spies, or these were people that were moving drugs, uh and they, they lost the load and now they're going after them. We had spillover violence in and, in and, and moreno, Texas you know grenades were being thrown we had shootings on the um, streets people getting you killed know, there was it was a literal spillover it was it was, it was it was really uh, uh tenuous at that time. <laughs>
0: Well, um, the, the only silver lining that
1: I see is that uh, AMLO has, what, two, two and a half years left in his presidency. And then there's rumors that, I mean, not rumors, there's, there's a good chance that Marcelo Ebrard, uh who is, who is the interior secretary, uh, is going is to win the presidency. And he's someone that is level-headed. Uh, and he's someone that uh, is, is, has a good, a good relationship with the U.S., and, uh, and I, I believe that's a good silver lining. Uh, uh, right now, I don't see the situation uh, improving, uh, and I think it's, it's going to still stay about the same. I, I don't think it's going to get any worse. Now, although, uh, you know, one thing I'm to talk about is that, that logistics—the uh, the tractor trailers that are, that are you know, crossing, you know, Mexico into the U.S. A lot of these, tractor tracking, are being stopped and the drivers are being killed and there's, they're, they're ripping off these, these tractor traders and that is really disrupting, you know, trade. Uh, you have, uh, let's say, Michoacan, and that's been going on for the electronics, where people are getting taxed. Jalisco now is going to be exporting avocado so you may see pressure on some of the producers of avocado getting imported. um it, it's it's one thing that that i didn't mention you know back in the fed- federation the age, in the 2000s you're starting to see everybody that's I mean, a lot of businesses you know getting imported and some states are worse than others so you know i just don't you know with this with this government still in control and inflation uh higher, and, uh, and Mexico's economy kind of uh, debacle where a lot of the money is going to pay people for votes. You know, that money is getting low. I don't, I don't believe Mexico is surplus right now. And I, I believe that as things get a little bit tighter, uh, it's going to get worse. And especially during Christmas. This Christmas, you can see the finance increasing. So I, I don't see any change right now in the next two two and a half years. I think that there's a change in a positive way.
0: Uh, with the, hopefully it's a, a president that's moderate and it's not as left. Thanks, Jack. Have a good day, buddy.